Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello and welcome to the Haunted Estate. Sharing a story by calling toll-free 1-877. Hello and welcome back to The Haunted Estate here with your host. Yes, that is me, Selena Myers. Guess what I did today? Believe it or not, it took me a whole week and a half to go and see... Ghostbusters. So I have read so many terrible reviews, so many... I, I need to be truthful. There are so many people on my Facebook that are parts of Paranormal Teams. I'm I'm talking in the like 40s. Like I have like nearly 50 people. Um, really mixed reviews. I feel like a lot of people were expecting it to be really dramatically different. Um, I think that they really kept strong to the vibe of the first um, Ghostbusters. Like you don't want to get too hardcore into graphics and stuff like that. Um, I was impressed. I was thoroughly impressed. And I was really impressed at the way the women weren't sexualized. They were just hardcore girl power. I think that we needed that. Um, and you know what? They did have a guy on the team. It did, they did make him dumb. But <laughs> um, I know that can be kind of taken off as sexist or whatever. But um, I was I was just, wow. I was really impressed. And I suggest that anybody go out and see it. It's like two hours long. Um, it is funny. It is smart. And I think something else that threw people off. It is just a PG movie. It's rated PG. So you you can't expect um, vulgar language or, or stuff like that. But the way that they did it, oh, wow. Yeah. Take your kids. You can totally take your kids. It, it's scary in a way that it's not too scary. Um, there are some jokes that I know kids definitely won't pick up on that that's always great but i just wanted to say that wow i was impressed i was super super duper impressed they also used a lot of actual paranormal language they used they talked about ley lines ectoplasm um the way that they brought the ghosts back like 
the really strong magnetic fields and stuff like that. That was really cool. So I'm not going to drop any spoilers, but just it's it's a definitely go see. Uh, it definitely falls into with uh, government and uh, just makes a lot of really smart jokes. So I feel like that might have went over some people's heads and that's why they didn't like it. But um, not here to offend anybody just to say that overall, you know, someone came up with this. And they came up with something great, and I really enjoyed it. So anyways, let's jump into this episode of The Haunted Estate. I also want to let you guys know that the 10 days passed uh, that I was supposed to wait to get my ISBN number for my book. So my husband did put a call in to the agency, and they let us know that they are super understaffed, but have my name on a list, so everything is out by mid-next week. So... Good gracious, hopefully the week after next, I'll finally have something for you. I'm getting so sick of this. I'm not even excited about it anymore. It's kind of been all kind of kerfuffled on me. Regardless, moving on. So, my friends, the first thing that we are going to jump into is the legend of Murder Ridge. In the town of Kushkoton, Ohio, please correct me if I am wrong at saying that, teenage thrill seekers flock to a little place known as Murder Ridge. According to the legend, the ghosts of a crazed serial killer named Sletis Reese roams the now rarely traveled byway on Route 26 in search of new victims who had the misfortune of crossing his path. No one's quite sure how many people Cletus, Cletus, we're just going to call him Cletus, killed. Some say eight others say as many as 20 whether it's eight or if it was 20 his numbers of victims doesn't really matter to the legend all that matters is their spirits continue to haunt the land where reese's farm once stood the land where cletus reese ate his victims drank their blood and then buried them in a shallow grave never to be heard of again there are whole books dedicated to the long-forgotten and allegedly haunted places in Ohio. For anyone who has ever traveled through the Ohio countryside, you'll understand why. At night, the landscape seems to mimic something out of a horror movie. The lack of streetlights through the hilly back roads, peppered with dilapidated old farms and the glow from under deer eyes peering out at you from wooded areas makes many ritual cities within the state a prime location for a good ghost story. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Most of these local legends turn out to be completely fabricated or based on stories that occurred, that occurred in another location altogether. But the story of Cletus Reese is different. While you may not believe in serial killing ghosts and haunted old farmlands, Cletus Reese really was known as a serial killer in the 1950s. The real story of Cletus Reese and the legend of Murder Ridge began on June 2nd, 1954. A Fresno school teacher and a part-time traveling car salesman named Clyde Patton had mysteriously disappeared while giving a customer a test drive. The customer was found to have Cletus Reese 
was found to have been Cletus Reese, and it wasn't long before the authorities came knocking at the door of the Reese farm. After Reese's sister reported that her brother had just pulled up in a brand new Hudson and sensed something was amiss. Reese claimed that he had never encountered Mr. Patton, but police still arrested him and took him into custody, questioning while they further investigated the case. After a day of searching, detectives located the body of Clyde Patton, buried in a shallow grave. A thick tree branch Ranch had used to bludgeon him to death was also located in the area. With a slam-dunk murder case in their hands, authority told Reese they had found what they had found on his farm. Reese finally admitted to the murder, but claimed that he had gotten into a physical altercation with the man and had accidentally killed him. Investigators and volunteers continued to search the Reese farm. During the search, they uncovered three more bodies, including one identified as Danville Farmhand, who had been reported missing seven months prior to his discovery on Reese's farm. Reese admitted to the investigators that this had been going on for a long time, but refused to say more than that. The interrogation continued until the next day when Cletus finally came clean about the murders. Sort of. He rambled to authorities about a woman named Miss Truman who had ordered him to kill. He claimed that one of his victims were a soldier who had quarreled with about politics and shot him down with a Smith & Wesson. Evidence showed to the contrary that none of his victims had been shot and they all displayed signs that they had been bludgeoned to death. As the remains of Reese's victims continued to be identified, the past of Cletus Reese finally began to unravel. Paul, the first of Cletus' victims, was a patient who had escaped the, the Cambridge State Hospital. He complained of hearing voices and had displayed a number of other unusual behaviors linked to schizophrenia. After spending some time at the hospitals, doctors agreed to allow Cletus to go home under the care of his family. His family thought maybe Cletus had been cured and life could go back to normal. It wasn't, it wasn't long before his symptoms came back with a vengeance. Paul Tish had fled the hospital and looked up his old friend Cletus for a place to stay. That decision would lead to his untimely demise. Other victims were found to have been visitors to the farm that had been picked off at the urging of Mrs. Truman, the homicidal voice Cletus claimed was driving him to kill. Cletus was bound over to the grand jury, but they couldn't find him guilty of the four first-degree murder charges he was facing. Instead, he was ruled to have been suffering from schizophrenia with homicidal tendencies and was sent to live the rest of his years out at the now-closed Lima State Hospital, where he would die in obscurity in 1966. Though Cletus may have died 50 years ago, his legend lives on. Halloween night particularly is a night every teenager within the Tri-County area flocks to the site known as Murder Ridge in hopes of seeing ghosts and to maybe become the next vis victim of the serial-killing maniac known as Cletus Reese. 
That was some super fun history there. Don't forget that every link, every article, every anything that I use will be available at thehauntedestate.com. If you click on blog episode links, you will see the title of the episode. There you can follow through. These links always go to amazing websites that have great pictures. Here's very thorough. There's a picture of the farm. There's a picture of Cletus Reese. And holy shit, guys, he is terrifying. Think of Shrek, but like as a monster, like a human psychopath and there's also like a black and white picture of them bringing a body out you know always my kind of thing because i'm creepy moving on let's talk about the curse of axe murdered jake bird it was the day before halloween in 1947 when a louisiana drifter had made his way into the home of bertha and beverly cudd jake bird had worked for the railroad and often traveled town to town in order to lay track in the days before machinery had made the job obsolete. The days were long, the labor was grueling, and the lack of OSHA standards meant that there was no regulation on work conditions. It wasn't unheard of for men to lose their lives, and on-the-job injuries were even more prevalent. It was through his line of work that Byrd found himself in Tacoma, Washington, and it was through his less-than-savory hobby that he found himself inside the cut residence. At approximately 2.30 a.m., Bertha awoke, seeing Bird standing over her bed, and let out a dreadful scream, alerting her daughter and several neighbors that trouble was at a foot. Beverly rushed to her mother's bedside manor, only to find that Bird had bludgeoned Bertha with an axe. Beverly ran, but she didn't stand a chance against Bird. She was also found bludgeoned to death in their South 21st Street home. Neighbors contacted police who were quick to arrive on the scene. As police approached the home, a barefoot African-American man raced through the back door and hopped several fences in an attempt to evade officers. Police gave chase, and to their luck, Bird was cornered by a particularly high fence. Bird pulled a knife and began attacking the officers. Two officers had to be taken to local hospital to be treated for the non-fatal knife wounds caused by Bird. Once in custody, investigators began to unravel what had occurred at the cut residence and why Bird had killed the two women. Bird told police that he had broken into the home to steal money for shoes. While he was prowling around for money in Bertha's bedroom, she awoke and grabbed the stranger. Bertha's daughter heard the struggle, and when Bird entered into the kitchen, she proceeded to try to fight him. Bird killed the two women during the altercation and then ran when he heard the police. He said that he attacked the officers only because he believed they were fixing to shoot him. Police would later learn that this wasn't Bird's first run-in with the law, Fifteen years of his life were spent in various prisons around the country for crimes including burglary, murder, attempted murder, and assault. They had come to the realization that this was no down-on-his-luck transient. He was looking not to only grab a few dollars to buy shoes, and in the heat of the moment, it wasn't just that he ended up killing two women. Bird was a cold and calculated killer. It only took a day and a half for the jury to find Bird guilty of the death of Bertha Cutt. 
He was not charged for the death of Beverly, since it was common in cases of multiple homicides to be tried separately in the event that the first charge was dismissed. Fingerprints found on the scene and the blood and brain matter found on Bird's clothing were more than enough evidence to prove that Bird had been the culprit. Through his signed confession, the case was open and shut. Going by the jury's recommendation, the Honorable Judge Hodge sentenced Bird to death by hanging. As attorneys from both sides of the defenses and prosecution made their closing statements on the judge's verdict, Bird stood up and declared, I am putting the hex of Jake Bird on all of you who had anything to do with my being punished. Mark my words, you will die before I do. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. As Bird was being transported to death row at Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, he confessed that he had been involved in 44 murders around the country. It's strange that such a prolific serial, serial killer never made national headlines. And up until the 1970s, Bird was considered the most prolific serial killer in history of the United States. Eleven previously unsolved murders were solved as a result of Bird's confession. It wasn't Bird's body count that would eventually make him a notable character with true crime circles. However, it was his curse. Shortly after Bird's conviction, Judge Hahn died of a heart attack. Bird's defense lawyer followed him immediately after, also dropping dead of a heart attack. A guard at Washington State Penitentiary was, as well as a police officer responsible for documenting Bird's confession, would also fall victim to the hex of Jack Bird, also dying of apparent heart attacks. Additionally, a court clerk who was present during Bird's trial died of pneumonia. On July 15, 1949, Jake Bird was taken to the gallows. From the first time of his trial up until his execution, five people who had some connection of the case had suddenly dropped dead. Bird was buried in an unmarked grave on prison grounds, and his murderous legacy slowly faded into the footnote. But the legendary Hex of Jack Bird still remains a popular story, even today. I have always found curses very 
interesting. I know that's kind of creepy to say. But we all know about like the King Tut curse. We've talked about that in some prior episodes. But to think about it in a moment like that when you know you're going to die, to put that much energy out there and be like, oh, like, screw you guys, I'm dying, so I'm putting this curse on you. You have to wonder, and I know that I brought this up before, that people who are serial killers... There's something really wrong in them, whether it's in their mind, if they've dabbled in something they shouldn't have. Is it just a crazy person? Is it a demon? Is it a blank, blank, blank? Like, you never know, right? So if he had something evil inside of him and he said, hey, you know, I'm now going to kill you um, or put this curse on you, and there's something evil behind that, that kind of gives you an idea. Plus, when you kill someone like that, where does that really evil energy go? go. I'm curious of what you think of that. You should head over to thehauntedestate.com. You can tell me what you think there. I would also like to let you guys know that there is a donate button there. As I said, I do pay for this myself. Huge thank you to the couple people who have donated to keep the podcast going. And most important, guys, seriously, call and tell me your story. one 877 Two eight. I would love, love to hear from you guys. Um, you talk to a answering machine, and if you're not happy with your recording, just shoot me an email, and you know how to do that. Selena at thehauntedestate.com. I would love to hear your stories. It would make my life a better place. So next up, I wanted to talk to you guys about mirrors. Um, I think I've talked about an episode before, but I want to do a whole episode kind of unhunted mirror stories about mirrors. I have a little bit to read you here as a bit of an intro from one of my books. Um, mirrors have always kind of been known as a conduit, um, something that can hold spirit, something that can um, be kind of like a portal and that kind of thing there. I know that I always buy antique mirrors. I tend to try and feel out the energy and hope that there's nothing really dark. I also want to apologize for the squeaking monster in the backyard, in the background. That is my Jack Russell. If you own a Jack Russell, then there's no reason to explain, you know. So <laughs> moving on, mirrors. For centuries, mirrors and reflective surfaces have been used for divination, magic, and repelling evil. In recent years, they have also been used as tools for psychic development to increase clairvoyant ability and gain insight into past lives. Glass mirrors were introduced in the 13th century in Venice. Prior to that, mirrors were made of polished metal, surfaces, and gold and silver. The ancient Romans believed that they originated from Persia, where they were used by the Magi for divination. Mirror divination is called cristallo, cristallomancy, the catropronancy of scrying in the West Magic in the West, magic mirrors were popular among magicians, witches, and sorcerers from the Middle Ages to the 19th century. In more recent times, mirrors as magical tools have fallen out of favor, but they're still used by some psychics and diviners. Diviners, sorry. In the East, mirrors are more commonly used for divination purposes. In Tibet, mirrors are used for divination by the reading of signs and visions. Mirrors are traditionally associated, associated with fear and evil. In some tribal societies, the reflection is thought to be the soul, and exposing the soul to a mirror makes it vulnerable to misfortune or death. This is echoed in many other cultures in the common belief that if a person sees their own reflection, they will soon die. A worldwide folklore custom is the removal of mirrors from sick rooms in case the mirror draws out the soul and the turning of mirrors when there is a death in the house. 
According to lore, whoever looks into a mirror after a death will also die. In other superstitions, if one looks long enough into a mirror at night or by candlelight, they will see the devil. Hence, it's advised to cover up mirrors at night. Witches and vampires are said to cast no reflection in the mirror. Curiously, mirrors can also be used to protect against evil, reflecting it away. There are a number of mirror superstitions. Breaking one is thought to bring bad luck for seven years, and perhaps a death in the family. A mirror that falls of its own accord is a death omen. A girl who gazes at the moon's reflection in a mirror will learn the date of her wedding day. And if she does that at Halloween, she will see a reflection of her future husband. Mirrors painted black on the convex on the bleh, convex sides are thought to be excellent tools for the development of clairvoyance. Gazing into one is thought to reveal visions of spirit guides and help one gain or excite. Some believe that the face changes. That occurs when staring into a mirror. You can see the faces that you held in your past life. So, guys, that is it for today. Sorry if I was a little distracted, disoriented. I had a pile of much time. My husband was trying to cook. He's usually good, but he needed a lot of help. And the dog wouldn't stop squeaking. And you hear? I like on cue. Good Lord. I love you guys. And I'll see you the day after next. Hey, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. I will punch you in the face. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.